0: Ready for a -a one-of-a-kind experience. Welcome, welcome to the Starter Zone, your home for the weekly news from around the world. Your host for this journey, Amanda.
1: Holy cannoli, that happened.
0: She's going to bring you everything you need to hear about entertainment, gaming, and maybe just a little bit bizarre. Hold tight, because here... She comes.
1: Well, thank you so much, Raven, for that warm welcome as always. And hello to you, my friends. Good day to you all. Welcome back to the Starter Zone. I am your guide, Amanda. It is the last week of January. It feels like it has taken forever to get here. And I don't know about y'all, but... I'm ready for spring. How about you? Well, today is the 29th of January and it is time to bring you the news from all of my entertainment news sources. So let's go ahead and check out those headlines that are coming your way. Britney Spears, she might've gone off the deep end again. Surprising, I know. Uh, We've got a couple of updates on the AFC and NFC Championship games in the NFL. There's a lot of news from the WWE and boy, did it get interesting. We've got an update from Riot Games. We're gonna talk a little bit of PAL World, the box office breakdown and more. Come get comfy my friends, let's get started. Let's kick this off with some music news. Well, well, Britney Spears is back from the end of her conservatorship to her divorce to dancing with knives. I mean, there's just really been no shortage of Britney Spears this past year and it looks like we're going to start 2024
0: off with some nudity.
1: Okay, we're going to back up a second. Let me set the scene for you. So Britney Spears, she's 42 years old and she's posted this new video on her private Instagram page in which appeared to be a response. There was an, this exclusive story by the U.S. magazine, The Sun. And in this clip, the pop singer is wearing what appears to be like this gold showgirl outfit. The base of the mini dress is like peach in color. It's got all these sparkly designs, gold rhinestones. The bottom of the dress is fringed. It's a halter top, really deep v So We got some cleavage going on. She's got this black choker necklace, black high heels, The straps of her bra in black, clearly on display. I got that in, in the image here. So she's like stepping back and forth in the video. She's posing. She's smiling. She's working the camera. And then she puts this caption called awkward silence. I love making people uncomfortable. Here's to gold. Okay. So the post is this response that comes across as, the Sun ran an article saying that Britney had made hotel ghosts uncomfortable at a recent stay at the Four Seasons Hotel in Los Angeles. Why were they uncomfortable? Because, well, Britney wasn't wearing anything. So Britney has allegedly been banned from the Four Seasons Los Angeles after guests were complaining about her bizarre behavior and stripping by the pool. There were three different sources that it confirmed to the U.S. Sun That staff at the Westlake Village Resort had been driven crazy by her antics over the past years. Like, okay, conservatorship over, she's kind of lost it a little bit. I understand. She's got freedom now, right? Brittany has really been a longtime guest at this five-star family-friendly hotel. It's only a couple minutes away from her $14 million mansion over in Thousand Oaks. And she has previously shared photographs where she was naked, on instagram but she's you know covering her breasts she's relaxing in her hotel suite during one of her stays so there's a couple of these photos Brittany also spent her wedding night at the four seasons when with her best friend and manager kate hudson instead of her ex sam asagari according to previous sources well that's a little awkward wedding night i'm with my best friend not my husband okay she apparently is a big fan of booking the spa and beauty retreat because the hotel, all right, the Four Seasons, if you've never been there, is massive. It's got a huge indoor pool. There's a massage area and treatments that are available for guests. So, okay, yeah, sounds reasonable to want to go there so close to your home. However, now it appears the singer is not currently welcome on the pre- premises. The, stand, the staff, excuse me, The staff had to temporarily ban her. One insider said, quote, Brittany has been going to the Four Seasons in Westlake Village for years, but she's been causing a headache for staff. So in the past year, she's been banned from the hotel, unbanned, and is now banned again. Some guests have complained about her going topless by the pool and making them feel uncomfortable, and her behavior is often bizarre and annoying. Staff have talked about it throughout the whole hotel, and it's really unfortunate, but she's not allowed there at the moment, specifically not the spa. Britney might be an A-list celebrity, but she can't run around doing whatever she wants at the four seasons, unquote. Well, amen to that. Her Instagram is just, <laughs> I look, it's full of pictures of her going topless, or honestly, there's a couple where she's completely nude, just strategically placed emojis and stars, and so, so I'm not surprised by the allegations. I just have a feeling she won't be banned for too long, though. That's just my personal thought, just She's going to bring them too much money. All right, guys. Let's go check out some sports news. All right, everybody. The uh, Super Bowl is now upon us. The playoffs are officially done in the NFL. And the matchup is set for February 11th. Let's head to Vegas, right? But, who's going to join us? Let's find out. The Kansas City Chiefs went against the Baltimore Ravens. They kicked things off on Sunday afternoon on the 28th. And this was the game. I'm talking capital letters, the game, that everybody wanted to see. Because, you know, the Kelsey family and Taylor Swift. Well, Kansas City ended up winning that 17-10. to 10. The Chiefs never lost their lead the entire game against the, Rays, the Ravens. The score, I mean, it stayed pretty tight with nearly all of the offense coming in the first half. There was a really huge turnover, though, uh, by the, la- the Ravens late in the fourth quarter, which pretty much sealed the win for the Chiefs. Now, the Detroit Lions, they took on the San Francisco 49ers later that evening and it was a much closer game. Initially it looked like the Lions really had the win. I mean, they were they had a pretty big lead going into the second half, but the 49ers they went back in 27 unanswered points in that second half and bringing the score to 34 to 24 with just over 2 minutes remaining, the Lions got another touchdown, just wasn't enough and the 49ers pulled it off with a comeback win of 34 to 31. Huge congrats to both of those teams. Now it's time to enjoy a week off, and we will see you in two weeks. Now it's time for some entertainment news. Okay, so sticking with the Kelsey family, of course. I didn't want to talk about it in the sports section, so here we are. I did come across this little nugget after that whole Jason Kelsey awesome drunken cheering for Brother Travis last week. Now, Jason Kelsey opened up about the shenanigans at the Chiefs-Bills divisional round game. He and his brother run a podcast, so he's talking about it. And he said um, that his wife Kylie was not too pleased with his shirtless adventures. Uh-oh. The center for the Philadelphia Eagles, who's 36, said he got caught up in the magic of Bill's Mafia ahead of the booze-filled hurrah at Highmark Stadium, where he kind of stole the spotlight while cheering at Travis Kelsey's star-studded suite. He said, I don't know what I was expecting, but everybody was just beyond excited to have a good time and enjoy some football. And I don't think Kylie was happy about it. I gave Kylie a heads up. She said, Jason, don't you dare. He said, I'm not asking for permission. I'm doing this. Famous last words. She already told me to be on my best behavior because we were meeting Taylor Swift that night. Unquote. And this was on the podcast episode, uh, New Heights podcast that he and Travis do. And this was posted last Wednesday, the 24th. I mean, no pressure. Hey, behave. We're meeting a potential in-law. Uh, you know, keep your shirt on. No can do, honey. I'm not asking permission. I'm doing this. Yeehaw, yeet out the window. Uh, just, I, I still watch the video and it's, it's fantastic. But despite making national headlines with this rowdy celebration, it seems as though he made a really good first impression on Taylor. The Chiefs tight end, Travis, said, Tay said she absolutely loved you. And Kylie, uh, Tre- Jason's wife, was seen chatting with Taylor who's she's currently on break she's got still got her heiress tour going on um she's picking that back up in February um last I heard actually she's supposed to be performing in Japan uh the day before the Super Bowl so there's a lot of talk about how she's going to make it back in time to see the game so we'll see that now probing his brother on what prompted him to jump out of the VIP box without his shirt, Jason admitted that he originally wanted to take his top off even earlier at a tailgate. So this was a part of the whole Jason saga that I missed the first go around because everybody was just talking about, oh, he jumped out the window and, you know, drunk and screaming, ah, you know, doing the T-Rex thing. And, you know, there's Taylor cackling in the background with his wife and his mom, you know, and that sort of thing. And I missed the whole, apparently before the game, Jason was outside the stadium tailgating with Bills fans. So he's hanging out with Bills Mafia. So, I mean, dude had an absolute blast and was pre-gaming a lot. So he's already buzzed by the time Little Bro scored that touchdown that he's seen jumping out the window for. He said this, there was something about that day. I just got caught up in the magic of Bills Mafia and it's electric. The energy, the shenanigans. I was like, I got to have my shirt off. I wanted to stay out there long enough to get my nipples hard enough, he said. Although he admitted he couldn't remember what happened to the shirt at the end of the game. He said, This is how my mind works after 40 Miller lights. Okay. Side note that is way past my limit. I mean, but these are the types of guys that would just be so much fun hanging out with. And while we thought Jason had confirmed his retirement after 13 seasons from the Eagles, we did find out he's actually not confirmed. And he's not expected to confirm for a while yet, maybe for another season. He said he's not going to make any kind of decisions until it's closer uh, to the spring or uh, the training in, uh, in the summer. He's not 100% sure if he's done or not, but he's just going to have a fun time in uh, postseason. And he said he will be there with or without his shirt come Super Bowl. All right, now, here comes the big story. I'm going to slow it down just a little bit because there, there is quite a bit here. It's about, it's actually like three different stories that are kind of wrapped into one central theme here. It all centers around the WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment. First story up, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has now taken on a new role within the company. It was announced back on January 23rd that Johnson had actually been appointed to the Board of Directors For TKO Group Holdings. TKO is the parent company of WWE now and it was formed last September when Endeavor acquired WWE. This is back when Endeavor also acquired the UFC so they've merged into this one company keeping the two promotions operating independently from each other. So you've got Endeavor, TKO, WWE, UFC. In addition to his appointment to the board though wwe and johnson have entered into this agreement where johnson is getting full ownership of the rock name if you
0: smell what the rock is cooking.
1: to those fans of wwe this is absolutely surprising huge news vince mcmahon in control of the company has always been very much a stickler on keeping the rights to certain wrestlers names. in fact we just recently saw the room re- he wasn't released he quit he didn't resign a contract so there's wrestler by the name of of adam copeland who in the WWE went by the name of edge adam copeland has been around for over 20 years i watched him when i was a kid so for him to come over to WWE from wwe to aew was massive But the question was, what name was he coming with? Because we all knew that Edge was owned by the WWE brand. And sure enough, he didn't come over with that name. He came over with Adam Copeland. So I'm still adjusting to that. But at the same time, you just, you know, when one comes over from that promotion, they don't usually have the same name. So here comes Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, and he's now going to be able to use his name Whenever he darn well feels like it, it's his name now. So that's huge. He actually returned back to programming, WWE programming. He did a surprise appearance on the day one edition of uh, Raw earlier this month. And during that appearance, he actually teased a future match against the undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns. They, they haven't confirmed whether that match is going to take place or not but Roman Reigns did successfully defend his title this past weekend at the Royal Rumble event. Johnson also made a social media post after that appearance stating that he was going to make history, raise the bar and do things that have never been done before in WWE. And if that wasn't big enough, WWE also announced that beginning in January of 2025, Netflix will be the exclusive new home of Raw in the U.S., Canada, U.K., and Latin America, among other territories, with additional countries and regions to be added over time. Likewise, as part of the agreement, Netflix will also become the home for all WWE shows and specials outside of the U.S. as well. Inclusive of Raw and their other weekly shows, SmackDown and NXT, as well as their premium live events, also known as pay-per-views, That includes WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Royal Rumble. WWE's award-winning documentaries, their original series, and forthcoming projects will also be available on Netflix internationally starting next year. This is huge. This is the first major programming shift as Raw leaves linear television for the first time since it was its inception 31 years ago. Now, Raw has like 1,600. Hundred episodes to date and it's the most iconic show in sports entertainment it debuted back in 1993 they have delivered action and compelling drama um, unmatched athleticism 52 weeks a year and blending the best of this scripted content with this unpredictable live entertainment the three-hour show they helped launch the careers of Dwayne Johnson and Stone Cold Steve Austin Triple H John Cena Roman Reigns Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair. The show is currently number one on the USA Network. It's bringing in like 17 and a half million viewers over the course of the year. And it's one of their best performing shows in the 18 to 49 advertising demographic. This is massive. WWE has more than 1 billion followers across all of its platforms. So, this is all great news. Except to those who are not Netflix subscribers and are not going to be getting a subscription. I mean, maybe they'll have Smackdown and NXT for a little while, right? Right? But, and this is a big but. (laughs) So more drama has hit the WWE world and y'all, this one, this one's a doozy. It is really ugly whether the allegations are true or not. So... Vince McMahon has resigned from his role as the executive chairman of TKO which, you know, the parent and company of the WWE following really disturbing allegations of sexual assault, trafficking and physical abuse. So these allegations came to light in a lawsuit filed by a former WWE staffer by the name of Janelle Grant, who worked at the headquarters of the wrestling company that McMahon founded. McMahon has denied the allegations but he and he said he he's prepared to defend himself in court but in a statement that came out back on Friday the 26th of January McMahon said he'd resigned uh, reports that re- McMahon had paid out settlements to multiple women while serving as a CEO and the chairman have been circulating since at least 2022 but the lawsuit which was filed by all uh, back on thursday the 25th by grant sheds a whole new light on the extent of the alleged misconduct in the lawsuit grant alleged that mcmahon dangled a job offer at wwe and later promotions in exchange for sexual relations her lawsuit also alleges that mcmahon trafficked her to other men inside and outside the company including John Laurinaitis, who worked in the company's talent relations department and is also named as a defendant in the suit. According to the lawsuit, McMahon engaged in acts of extreme cruelty and degradation toward Grant during her time at WWE. Now, TKO, in an email to staff and in a statement to the press, only addressed his job status with the company, didn't discuss the specifics of the allegations look it's a legal thing they're not going to talk about it in an email to staff on friday which was obtained by cnn WWE president nick khan said simply mcmahon tendered his resignation from his executive chairmanship and board member positions this exit it's a turning point for the wrestling entertainment company i mean he created this more than 40 years ago now y'all right might remember this back in 2022 McMahon actually retired from his role as CEO and chairman. And this was back before the whole TKO um, company. This was July of 2022. There were allegations of misconduct. And at the time, WWE announced that they were going to do a special committee to investigate McMahon. Some fans were ecstatic. They're like, hey, Vince is finally finally relinquishing some control over the company maybe we can see some positive changes because it had felt at the time that the company was kind of going a little stagnant. Um, The storylines weren't as compelling. Talent was getting buried. Storylines were crud. And so a lot of fans were pretty happy, but uh, the retirement, it didn't last long. And the investigation was closed in November of 22. He returned to the WWE board in January of 2023. So here we are a year later and he's gone again. Grant's lawsuit raises a lot of questions about the culture behind the scenes of WWE. And she claims that they actively worked to conceal his wrongdoings. And she alleged that the special committee that was assigned to investigate investigate McMahon, tripping over that tongue. They never interviewed her. They never requested any documents. And she was like, I was trying to cooperate with everything and they never talked to me. McMahon served on the board of TKO That was formed back in September. Um, It is owned by Hollywood power broker Ari Emanuel, the Endeavor Group. And that deal valued the new company at over $21 billion. The WWE shareholders owned 49% of that combined company with McMahon being the largest of the shareholders. So one disturbing incident in the lawsuit. It detailed an alleged sexual assault among Grant mcmahon and laurinitis that occurred at the wwe headquarters back in 2021 where the two men allegedly pulled her behind a locked door restrained her and as she begged them to stop one of the men not named allegedly said to her no means yes that's not going to go over well in a statement to cnn on thursday Grant's attorney ann Callis said the lawsuit was hold- sought to hold accountable to wwe executives who were sexually assaulted and then trafficked the plaintiff as well as the organization that facilitated and turned a blind eye to the abuse and then swept it under the rug. Allegations have also surfaced surfaced regarding one particular wrestler that was potentially involved. And the clues given indicate that it might be Brock Lesnar who received pictures and videos of Grant in exchange for signing a new WWE contract. But details regarding his possible involvement, they're pretty sparse right now. It is worth noting, though, Lesnar was supposed to be in a match coming up, and he was absent from the Royal Rumble back on the 27th. It's a conspicuous absence, and so, of course, it's got people speculating, but... It's a lot. There's a whole lot. It's like a 39 page lawsuit. And I will link to the in the comments below if you would like to read it. It's pretty disturbing. I, the allegations I want to say are believable just because McMahon has always kind of come off as sleazy. But we also got to remember that wrestling is, it's acting. It's, it's very sporty acting. So you're going out there, you're putting on a show, and then you get in the ring and you're wrestling around, and that takes a lot of physical effort. So, you know, it's not completely all fake. So how much of his personality was what he let us see in the ring? How much of it was really hidden? I'm concerned how many people were involved, if this was true. Why is it coming out now? Um, but then again, this was up until 2021, I mean so honestly that's really not that long ago and it does take a little bit of time to get a lawsuit put together and put into the system so maybe it's really not that that out of the realm of possibility that this legitimately did happen and she got on it as quickly as possible it also could be that with the formation of TKO that Miss Grants decided hey you know he's a cash cow bigger than he was before time to get in on this but She's putting herself out there and detailing a lot of really bad situations. So for, for her sake, I hope that, you know what? That sounds terrible. I don't hope that this really happened to her. I don't hope that it was true. But at the same time, if she's going to put herself out there like that, then I hope there is a grain of truth. Otherwise, the public's going to tear her apart and trying to find a job is going to be very difficult for her. So we're going to have more on this story as it develops because I guarantee you this isn't over yet. All right, guys, let's go ahead and download some gaming news. So Riot Games, the developer of the popular League of Legends multiplayer battle game, you know, the rage bait game, it's joining other tech companies that have been trimming their p- their payrolls. They had just had a layoff of 11% of their staff. My God, all the double digits. So in a lengthy statement that was issued to staff, the CEO, Dylan Jadeja, and the chief product officer and co-founder of Riot Games, Mark Merrill, said the move was meant to create focus and move us toward a sustainable future. It was at about 530 jobs, I think with the numbers, uh, that were being eliminated, which accounts for about 11% of the headcount at the company, which is owned by Chinese technology giant Tencent. A note to customers said this isn't to appease the shareholders or to hit a quarterly earnings number, it's just a necessity. The Los Angeles, California-based company said it's expanded its investment across just too many areas, doubling its staff in a few years, and now they're going to be cutting back to focus back on the games. Riot Games said it was going to pay the staff who were laid off six months of salary at a minimum with cash bonuses and other benefits. It also said it would offer access to job placement services and counseling and visa support for staff who were working with visas those laid off can also request use of a laptop if needed pretty awesome actually that's really generous job cuts across the board that just been taking a toll on workers and it's across various industries it's not just gaming I, I know i report a lot on gaming but it's really just it's retail it's tech it's media hospitality and this has been going on for the last several years it's just it's ramping up in the most recent months we've seen layoffs from google and amazon hasbro and linkedin just to name a few but many have been in the tech sector which hired extremely heavily back during the pandemic years when people were stuck at home and they used that time to play online games so that the industry just exploded in 2020 through the end of the pandemic but it's starting to slow down as things are returning back to pre-pandemic things i mean Riot Games, it, I remember they, they started doing like the arcane, uh, car, I don't want to call it a cartoon, but the animated series. They introduced uh, Teamfight Tactics and Valorant a couple years ago as well that are still ongoing. Now, Riot Games, they sponsor the League of Legends World Championship and the company has said it's going to remain committed to esports and entertainment in support of its games. The company did say that it was going to be making changes to its Legends of Runeterra to be able to move it to sustainability and reduce the staff that's working on that team while shifting its focus to its path of champions. Riot Forge, on the other hand, will be discontinued after the upcoming release of Bandletail. I personally have questions about the survivability of games such as League of Legends and Dota 2. Esports, it seems, every time I watch it, They seem to be struggling as of late. Viewership seems to be coming down. You know, all these companies are cutting back. We've got uh, sponsorships that don't seem to be returning. I mean, how much longer can Riot and their competitors really keep going with the current formats? We'll have to see this one. Now let's go ahead and take a look over at Twitch. We've got an Australian based Twitch streamer by the name of Boggles, who recently went viral after seemingly live streaming a stunt that involved shoving metal forks yes i said forks you know the utensils used to stab food into toasters and electrocuting himself now to be clear each time he did it it was fake but that didn't stop twitch from banning the content creator for a minimum of 30 days due to violation of the site's rules on self-harm you absolute moron so to catch you up what happened Last week, Boggles was streaming himself, and he's shoving forks into toasters, and he's getting electrified, and this explosive blast. And every time, almost every time it happened, the stream was killed. So, you know, it lends credibility that this is really happening. And while the streams did okay numbers on Twitch, other social media sites took clips of it to be clear, it's fake, guys, this fake stunt, and they all went viral. So there's this one clip of him shoving two forks into two different toasters, and they exploded. And then apparently he, let's just say, had an accident worthy of a toddler uh, all over himself. And then that had like two million, over 2 million views. As reported by online newsletter Garbage Day, thanks to Twitter X's new focus on these controversial videos that create large amounts of engagement on the platform, a lot of people saw this stunt. And of course, they all had opinions. But now it seems Twitch isn't happy about these fake but dangerous looking stunts my previous statement on his behavior stands all right now in response to the ban boggles asked twitch to unban him and claimed look it's an honest mistake but he also tagged rival streaming service platform kick and shortly after created a new account on the other service saying he's just going to stream there for the time being as garbage day notes some folks actually believe that boggles electrocuted himself because okay look apparently the streamer has a history of doing dumb stuff including the one stunt back in 2023 where he sprayed gamers at dreamhack melbourne with deodorant that stunt got him reportedly banned for life from dreamhack events look i get the joke The joke is you go to these conventions and all these gamers are there and the fans are there and no one's washed themselves because we're just dirty nerds that don't take showers. I get it. Dude, not cool. You know how many allergies that could have been triggered by that? You absolute nugget. Anyway, let's go ahead and take a look at our next story. We're going to find this one. This one's going to be really interesting because it's an ongoing thing. And there are many, many, many opinions about what's going on here. Let's talk Pow World and Pokemon. That truly is an absolutely lovely opening theme for Pow World. So, Pow World has taken the entire world by storm just to start us off in 2024, right? Originally labeled as Pokemon with guns, the smash hit has shattered records on steam in really short order. Y'all, this game is still in early access too. this has got players gathering resources. We're crafting items and bases and weapons all while catching pals around the open world, much like the series in comparison. There is so much controversy that's bubbled up ever since this early release access. Um, and, Everything from there's like AI allegations to copycat clone accusations just all over the place in social media. Now, several days after release and after remaining silent, the Pokemon company has addressed the matter. While not naming Pal World explicitly, a 24th of January statement touched on another company's game released in January 2024. I wonder who that could be. The statement reads, We have not granted any permission for the use of Pokemon intellectual property or assets in that game. We intend to investigate and take appropriate measures to address any acts that infringe on intellectual property rights related to Pokemon. And we will continue to cherish and nurture each and every Pokemon and its world and work to bring the world together through Pokemon in the future. It's still early days into PAL World's release, although its sales figure would have you thinking otherwise. The Pokemon company is really clearly weighing its options for right now, and in launching an investigation into the surprise hit, it's not yet clear exactly what they might take issue with specifically. Okay, let's be realistic. There are some PAL models that are certainly similar to many of those found in Pokemon, And in some cases, they are, you know, kind of eerily similar. But Palworld's director, they've shot down, like, so many claims of direct clones insisting any such accusations are slanderous. So for the time being, some legal practitioners argue there's just simply too much of a difference between the two games for the Pokemon company to have, like, any real solid grounds in which to sue. But it's all speculation just, you know, for the time being. Now, Pocket Pair, the developer of Power World, for their part, did respond and say Power World cleared all legal reviews before the early access release and that no other studios or companies have taken action against Pocket pairs. So this one is really a literal wait and see to see what the Pokemon Company does from here, though. There's no doubt anymore that Power World is certainly front and center on their radar. I've been watching this game for a little while now. I've been a Pokemon player and fan since the late 90s. I love Pokemon. I still play the games. Pokemon Go, my family and I play. But there is a, a certain staticness that Pokemon has had as of late. And they're pushing these games out so fast that they're, I was almost going to call them cranky, but they're buggy. And players are getting very frustrated with it and so they've been kind of screaming for you know just something a little different every now and then and with the release of pokemon arceus we thought we saw it but now here we have pow world okay is it pokemon with guns i wouldn't necessarily go that far with it but it is sure a little more violent as uh raven was showing me the other day uh we were we were playing on our own server that he found the, the i think it was called the cleaver i haven't gotten it yet but it's the cleaver where you got extra pals um and you might need some food um yeah pita's having a a little bit of a fit over this one too but (laughs) it's it's such it is really a fun game and and we're highly enjoying this one um we have our own characters and then we have our shared server but i i I understand pokemon company wanting to take the time to investigate and make sure that this is not a direct ripoff And there are similarities, I'm not going to lie. There are some that I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that looks just like X, Y, but it's a different shape a little bit and a little different coloring. So it's not exact. It's very similar, but it's not exact. And is that going to legally keep Pocket Pair out of court? I think it is, but y'all, I'm not a lawyer. And if they say that they passed all legal checks prior, okay, well, then let Pokemon Company do their thing. Let them do their investigation and we await the results. So now let's take a break let's go check out the box office
0: it's time for the box office breakdown
1: the mean girl plastics have been rocking it the last couple weeks but have they finally met their match this weekend Well, the Queen Bee finally got a small sting this weekend. They got pushed down to second place by Jason Statham's The Beekeeper. The action film took in 7.4 million in its third week. Mean Girls, the former number one, barely missed out on the top spot with 7.3. Yeah, it came really, really close. How about the rest of the top five? Same films as last week, same lineup, just some new numbers. At number three remained Wonka, capturing 5.9 million. The fantasy chocolatier film has 195 million in the 45 days since its release. Coming in at number four, Universal and Illuminations Migration, 5.1 million. This family fun film has taken in a whole total of 101.2, and it's been out for six weeks. And finally, in fifth place is the rated R comedy, Anyone But You, coming in with 4.8. So, upcoming movies this weekend. Well, we talked about it last week. We are all watching for the release of the spy comedy *Argyle*, featuring Bryce Dallas Howard and Henry Cavill. This one, this one's going to be a lot of fun to see. Plus, y'all, it has a cat. It has cats in it. You can't go wrong with that. Now, one thing I did see. This one's not coming out until July, but if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, go over to YouTube and check out the trailer for Despicable Me 4. Yeah, 4. I didn't know they were going to do a fourth one. Last I heard, Steve Carell was done with the character of Gru, but apparently not. He's coming back one more time. This time it's going to be featuring the three girls. We've got Agnes, we've got Edith, and we got Margo coming back along with Gru's new wife, Lucy. And a new addition, nope, not another minion, Gru Jr., Little baby doesn't look anything like him, and doesn't seem to like his dad. But they're all now in danger, and shenanigans are looking to ensue. This one's going to be fun. Look, like, all the Despicable Me movies are just fun. The Minion movies, hilarious, fun, stupid fun. Like, I get it; they're little yellow things that don't seem to really get hurt. What can you really do? But they're still fun. So go check out that trailer that dropped. Uh, actually dropped yesterday, and I believe I want to say it was it was the early part of July we're looking at for that release so that's gonna be a fun summer hit all right guys let's scoot on over and check out the odd news
0: and now for something different
1: our first odd take of the day this first story it's gonna hit a little close to home for me literally it is a florida story but this one's an actual feel-good one Four men from the small town of Niceville, Florida, have now completed the adventure of a lifetime. Y'all, they rode 3,000 miles across the Atlantic Ocean in an event called the World's Toughest Row. Row, row, row your boat
0: gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a
1: dream. So a little bit of background about this. This is an annual race. That begins in early December and there are teams that participate from all over the world and this race structure brings together an environment where teams across the globe will gather in the racing village of San Sebastian in La Gomera, the Canary Islands off the coast of Spain, and they finish at Nelson's Dockyard in Antigua. It took 37 days, 10 hours, and 55 minutes for this team from Florida. Waves, they said, were often towered over, they had this 29-foot boat on the ocean, you know, like 11,000 feet deep, you know, just, you know, a small little pond. But for brothers Trent, Tim, and Thomas Hamilton, and their nephew, Ben Clark, the biggest challenge was really within themselves. The team, calling themselves the Four Brothers, had the celebration of a lifetime when they sailed into the safe harbor on the Caribbean island of Antigua after more than a month on the open sea. They rode around the clock, and their mom was monitoring this, and she wasn't the only one that was leaning on their faith. Trent recalled, particularly at night, when the winds were strong and the seas were incredibly high, we're talking waves taller than the length of the boat, they were throwing us around, and all we had to say was, God, we are in your hands. Before and after pictures showed the physical toll of the voyage. Trent himself lost 30 pounds in this each man rode 12 hours a day sleeping very little and the bonds of brotherhood and team unity they were pushed to the brink Trent went on to explain it can be very tempting to then lead you to be short with each other and to expect more out of each other so we kept coming back to the promise that we had all made to each other from the beginning which is that each of us would love each other more than ourselves The goal was never to really race. It was just to deepen the bonds of faith and family. But without even trying, they were the third boat to finish, just the first American team. Team HMS Audacious out of the UK and Team Out of the Blue from the Netherlands placed first and second respectively. The brothers are sponsored by Edmiston Yachts and Lursen Americas. And to date, they've raised more than $45,000 to help refugees from Afghanistan through a non-profit, group called send relief fantastic story i know that area very well right on the water that was huge and they got a a, like a hero's welcome almost when they when they came home uh, back to florida so fantastic congratulations to the four brothers wonderful I, i took a look at the leaderboards they they've only had like 20 teams finish so far and there's still, there was like a total of like 38 teams that started out. And I want to say one team had already dropped out. Uh, so we're still waiting. Uh, they've got an estimated total. They're monitoring everybody. So we're going to see more teams coming in. I didn't know this was a thing. This is I, I have never heard of this challenge before, but God bless them. They made it. 37 days rowing, 12 hours a day each. That is insane. But congratulations to them. Now we have a mystery that you can... Really sink your teeth into? Heather Doherty of New Jersey says she woke up January 24th to find pepperoni or something like it just tossed all over her property. We're talking pieces of meat placed on her doorstep in a trail all the way to her car. She said from the door to the edge of the porch and then strategically placed down the stairs to the driveway. Four slices on the hood and four slices on the trunk. Doherty has lived in the town of Manville, New Jersey, all her life, including 16 years at her current home. She said her house has never been vandalized before, not even on the eve of Halloween, which in the area is known as Mischief Night. She said, we're trying to figure out who goes around with two loaves of pepperoni in the middle of the night, cuts it into slices and throws it onto people's property. Do you have nothing better to do with your time? I question the same. She called the Manville police to report what happened. She said she was worried that the grease from the meat sitting on her car would ruin the paint, something that one local body shop says is possible under certain conditions. Ricardo Ludeña of Gifford Auto Body in Manville said pepperoni cannot damage car paint if it doesn't sit for a really long time, but it can damage it if it's sitting around, especially on a hot day. Thank goodness we're in the middle of winter spending a lifetime in the business of pepperoni the owner of manville pizza anthony danello said the meat looks larger than the kind that you wouldn't use on pizza and danello identified the meat as a salami in the family of pepperoni but exactly what kind i can't be certain and said as an italian it hurts my heart While concern doherty acknowledges the humor of the incident she said i mean i even made a joke and called them the pepperoni bandits Ultimately, though, she doesn't condone the bandit's behavior. She said it is funny. However, it's wrong. You should not be trespassing. You should not be vandalizing people's properties. Y'all heard the lady. She specifically said get off of her lawn. It also sounds like she's got a little bit of a beef with you now. Sorry. Sorry. I couldn't resist. I'll see myself out now. Just an FYI, dad jokes are not exclusive to dad. It's just, you know, a fine art form, really. Once again, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers for making it into the Super Bowl. Brittany is, once again, back in the news and got banned. Lots of news and drama coming out of the WWE, and we'll see how they handle this round of controversy and lawsuits. Got some layoffs at Riot Games, a streamer banned for stupidity how world versus Pokemon and more. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I do want to remind you, I'm including all of the links to my sources in the comments so you can see what I see and more. Also don't forget to drop us a comment or send us an email. If there's a story that you want us to cover, join us next time as we check out the latest in our entertainment news. Remember, stay comfy in the starter zone. This is Amanda. Good luck and have fun.
0: You have been listening to The Starter Zone with Amanda. I am Raven. We thank you for your time and support. Without you, we simply would not be. Please hit that like and subscribe button and visit us on Facebook and Twitter at The Starter Zone. Have we missed something? Have something to say? Leave us a comment or send us audio clips for your chance to be on the show. We invite you to come back for more exciting news and commentary on the world around you. See you next time in the Starter Zone.